the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I love Christmas, and I am so glad to see all of you here. When I think back to what we had to do last year, it just didn't feel right not to have people in the pews at Christmas. This feels so much better. This is the kind of Christmas that I hope for, to hear the orchestra and the choir from the loft, you all here, to get that hopeful sense about who we are and what we can be and what God has done for us, that hopefulness is the kind of spirit that we share at Christmas time. Hope at this end of the year that things may be better. And we need that kind of hope right now, given that we've got all kinds of other things still going on in our world. We come here tonight to find that kind of hope. And Christmas is also a time that we share traditions. And my guess is that you've got your own very special Christmas traditions. I bet most everyone in this room does a certain thing at a certain time every Christmas, right? Those kinds of traditions are beautiful. They can be what makes Christmas feel so special. But if we're not careful, those kinds of traditions can actually make Christmas feel a bit rote, as if we know what to expect and nothing is a surprise anymore. Christmas may feel like something we know how to do, but I want to invite you to consider Christmas as something new that Christmas can actually impact you in a deep way, that Christmas can change your life. Now, for those of you who are here only once or twice a year, no judgment, I want you to know that there is more to this. There is more that we want for you, more that God is calling you into. I sympathize with a lot of the people who seem to not find a lot of purpose in churches anymore, more and more people out in the world do not find that churches provide any real purpose for their life. And yet, as human people, we still seek after God. We still look for God. When we move in our lives, we are looking for God's fingerprints everywhere. We're made for that. We were created to seek after God because God created us, but we are the kind of people who seek after God. Now, many churches may exist really just to kind of exist, but here at St. Michael, we try to do better than that. We try to look out beyond ourselves. We try to make an impact and meet needs and share love in remarkable ways. And I am thinking back to what we have done only just in this pandemic. Since the pandemic began, we have collected more food and clothing. We have spent more volunteer hours. We have given away more money than we ever have in our history. In fact, since the pandemic began, almost $2 million has been given from this community directly to people in need, both here and around the world. That is the kind of purpose that God is calling us into. We do that here because faith matters. God matters. And I want what is offered to you at Christmas to matter more deeply than perhaps it has ever been. I want you to be part of this God movement that began thousands of years ago and continues right here today. We heard a bit of that movement in this reading from tonight's prophet Isaiah. Isaiah speaks into a world in need. When Isaiah lived, spoke to the people, the world was a mess. 
there was a lot of conflict. People were divided. They were separated and splintered into different camps, factions who thought they knew exactly the right way to be, people who thought they had the truth and thought that their truth was exactly right and anyone else's truth was just simply flat wrong. Sound familiar? Isaiah lived in that kind of world and spoke into that world a promise from God that things would change. Isaiah spoke about God transforming the world, God being present and attending to the world, God actually breaking through all of the pain and the heartbreak and the darkness of their world to save them from the mess. Isaiah said that God would show up as a child and as a child would have authority Authority to make the wrongs right. Authority to heal what is broken. Authority to shine the light of love everywhere. Isaiah said that this child would be a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And Isaiah all said all of that stuff at a time when the world was in desperate need. But interestingly, Hundreds of years passed and people began to think that God was perhaps not present, that God had forgotten them and that the darkness would never end until one day an angel showed up and spoke to Mary to fulfill this promise and to give that child a new name, Emmanuel, God with us. See, God came down to be with us, to know how it feels to be scared, to know how it feels to be anxious, to know how it feels to be uncertain, to go through heartbreak. God shares everything with us and God wants us to respond. And if we have a moment of honesty, our world is not okay. Our world is not good enough. We are so far away from what is good, so far away from what is God, and we have seen that over and over and over again. And not far away, but right here. People mistreating each other because they are so very certain they know the right answer. People mistreating one another and arguing over small things when people are hungry down the street. People are sleeping on the street. Children are afraid in their own homes. See, our world is not good enough. And into that world, God calls us. Who then are we to be? You see, Christmas, if we're not careful, can feel a bit mundane. We can just go through the motions. But Christmas is actually a wild story. God breaking through and coming down and being present in remarkable ways. Now this makes very little sense if we are honest with ourselves because God came down and broke through in order to show us that we are loved. And I think that most of us in this room know that we did not earn that. And we mostly don't deserve that kind of love. We have done things and we will do things that we are not proud of, do things that mean that we are 
perhaps not worthy of God's love. And we question that kind of idea. And yet today we remember that nothing we have done and nothing we will do will separate us from God's love, that God says we are worthy, that God says you are worthy of that kind of profound love. A friend of mine who is a senior pastor here in Dallas a few Christmases ago told the story of having finished Christmas Eve services. He had a big night and beautiful worship and a sermon he was proud of and he was going back to his office exhausted and tapped out and ready to go home and he grabbed his phone and he saw a text from a friend and he got excited and he read that text and that text said, that was the least silent night I have ever heard. Next year, turn your microphone off so you don't sing badly for all of us to hear. (laughs) And I thought, oh, that is so sad because at Christmas time, we should not be silent. We do not need a silent night tonight. We actually need a release. We need to let go of that pain and frustration and fear and anxiety that we all have been carrying. Tonight, we need to open ourselves up to what God is offering to us at Christmas, to breathe in the breath of life and love that God breaks through to show each one of us. Tonight, we can celebrate a God who loves us a God who knows what it's like to be us, a God who wept in the garden and at the grave of his friend, a God who left the 99 and went searching for the one who was lost, a God who promises justice for the wounded and the oppressed and the hurt, a God of hope who offers us a different kind of security than the one that the world promises, a God who promises to release us from our burdens and the pressures that this world puts on us. Tonight, we celebrate, and we celebrate because God has come to be with us, to carry us, to walk with us, and to show us the way to an everlasting life in that perfect love. Tonight, open yourselves up to Christ Open yourselves up to receive that kind of profound, amazing love because this gift of life and love is for us. This gift of love is for you. Now, take it. Amen.